54, and we'll read from verse 11. O thou afflicted, tossed with tempest, and not comforted. Behold, I will lay thy stones with fair colors, and lay thy foundations with sapphires. And I will make thy windows of agates, and the gates of carbuncles, and all the borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you give us, Lord, to come to church and, and Lord, express ourselves, Father, uh, in love and adoration to you uh, through songs, giving, Lord. We just appreciate that opportunity. I pray that, Lord, as we enter into your word, that, Father, you would help me as I expound upon your word. And that, Lord, your word would go forth uh, into our lives, and, Lord, that it would bear fruit. We want to be fruit-bearing, Lord, in our relationship with you. I pray that, Father God, you would help us and be everything that each and every one of us needs you to be in our lives. In your precious name we pray, amen and amen. I'll try not to keep you too long uh, today, we're going to finish up with Simeon, and but first let me just kind of go over uh, our last lesson, just a brief review, and the, the, the name Simeon means hearer, or intelligently hearing. For Leah to name her son with this meaning tells us that she had to also hear that she was hated. And remember, with Reuben, the Bible says that the Lord saw that she was hated. Whereas when Simeon was born, Leah said, the Lord hath heard that I was hated. As we commented in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing but so does affliction. It's a terrible thing to be afflicted by the words of people. And I'm so thankful that God hears everything that is said. Uh, you know, words can't hurt. They simply can. Uh, and I'm thankful that God hears it all. Leah, the, one of the things that we magnified or brought out about her in her situation is that she cried out to God in prayer. And, you know, not only does the Lord see what we're going through, but he wants to hear what we're going through. He wants to hear it. He wants to hear you cry out to him. Matter of fact, when Moses was being summoned to bring out the, the Hebrews out of Egypt, God told Moses that I've, that I've seen and heard the cry of the people of their affliction in Egypt. You know, so many times we, we get into this misunderstanding, let's put it that way, uh, that we keep our Christianity, our prayer life, and so on silent. You know, I, I do believe in praying silently. There's nothing wrong with that. But 
that should not be the the end of your prayer life. You should be able or should voice out your prayers audibly so that the Lord can hear you. Not that He can't uh, hear you in your mind, but there's something about speaking it. Matter of fact, it also says in Romans that with the mouth, confession is made. With the mouth, speaking it out. Uh, There's some negative uh, things that we can allude to in the book of Proverbs uh, where it says, Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. So oftentimes we find ourselves saying negative things over and over and over again, and if we're not careful, those words will come to fruition. But the rule of reverse works with that as well. If we speak and cry out to God with an open and pure heart, God hears our cry. Amen. He hears it and wants to come and and assist us and help us uh, in the uh, affliction that we may be incurring. Uh, When God hears us, compassion is His reaction. He's moved with compassion towards you and I. But the problem with Simeon, that in Genesis chapter 49, he had a, a marred blessing. You know, Genesis 49, where Jacob once again has all of his sons uh, gathered around and he's giving them their blessing and so on. And we see that in the life of Simeon, there's some things that he did that was simply not right. And, and you know, some of these things, folks, are 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 hard for us to understand because we're simply not like that. Uh, I've been around some people that, are, that have been very, very, uh, you know, I've been around murderers and so on uh, in, our, in our school days. You know, uh, I had the privilege uh, going to some maximum security prisons and preaching, and it was, it was an eerie thing. You go to a, I went to a maximum security prison once in Maryland and in and, and Alabama, and you go through all these security uh, checkpoints, and and I mean, when you're in on the inside, you're on the inside, and there's no way out. And and uh, I had the opportunity to to see men on death row, and those that were surrounded by the pods uh, on death row, and and walk right up to the bars and and witness to them and and hear them and have them confess what they have done in life. It's a a horrible thing that some people do in life. But I'm glad that regardless of what we've done in life, we serve a God that is quick to forgive. Always remember, there's always consequences to our wrong. And some consequences are very intense. You know, some... I've heard of those on death row that have that have been uh, uh, witnessed to, and they've given their life to Christ. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't cancel their punishment. They still had to die, but they died saved. And, you know, so that's the difference. You know, God can can save anybody out of any situation. 
it's it, it's amazing to me. But Simeon, his his uh, unfortunate uh, marred blessing was that their daughter or his sister, Jacob's daughter, which had been Simeon's sister, she was observed by a prince. He wanted her and he went unto her. He forced himself on her, defiled her, Dinah. And long story short, uh, Simeon and Levi, his little brother, there was three of them that were born to Leah, Reuben, Simeon, and, and Levi. And Simeon and Levi, they, they, they conspired against the, the prince when his father came to uh, Jacob, and he said, my son wants your daughter. And they said, well, we can't uh, marry or mix into you, your people because you're not like us. They had not been uh, circumcised. And, and so they said, unless you do that, uh, we can't be a part of, of you and we'll take our sister, our daughter, and, and go. Well, they did that. Uh, the, whole, the whole village, the whole city, the men did that. But on the third day when, when things were at their peak, uh, Simeon and Levi went into the city with their swords drawn and they slew every male. They killed them. And it was a horrible thing that they, that, that they had done. And Jacob held this against Simeon and Levi. Uh, you know, they, he says, you did it in your anger. And as we concluded last, last Sunday, we reminded uh, ourselves that there's nothing wrong with seeking justice, but we want justice belongs unto God. Retribution on our part is something that we need to steer away from um, at all possible because Romans says that vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. We get so bent out of shape when, when uh, things happen, and, and when it happens to those that are loved ones, it does have a tendency to, to cause us to get mad and angry, but when we're in our anger, we do things that we're not... Um, proud of or that we regret. Let, let me just show this in. Anger has, is such a, a sensitive issue with, with God. You know, back when I was growing up and even before that, when a, when a man wore a tie and if that man was offended, and another man came up and said, let's duke it out. Let's, let's fight it out. Well, in the heat of their anger, that guy would take his finger or two fingers and he'd stick it in his collar and he would jerk real hard, thus popping the button and loosening the tie, meaning that I'm ready to take you on. Well, if you remember when, when 
God gave direction, instruction for the priestly garments when they were made in the Old Testament during the tabernacle being built and, and all these things. When it came to the priestly garment, God said, when you make the shirt, you will double the stitching and the material on the collar. Because he said, in the day that the priest takes and rends his collar, he'll die on the spot. God did not want any priest getting so upset that he tears his garment. But God even, what's interesting is God doubled the garment up. He said, I want it sewed and, and made heavy duty, giving him an opportunity that, hey, you're not, it's not going to be that easy to rip. So, you know, let, let's back off here, guys, you know, get out of your anger. Well, moving clear forward to, to, to Jesus's time when Jesus was on trial and Caiaphas was the high priest. And when Jesus wouldn't answer, what does the Bible say happened to Caiaphas, the high priest? It says he took and he ripped his garment out of anger against Christ. But what's interesting is he didn't die because he wasn't the high priest. He was a puppet man. You know, all that priestly duties and everything had been transferred to Jesus Christ. It's a, it's a real neat study when you look at it that way. So the, the, the point that I'm trying to make here with, with Simeon is we have to be really careful in our anger. Uh, we have to be careful. Uh, moving on to today, it, it is somewhat difficult to deal with Simeon since he's always associated with his brother Levi. Once again, they were, they were like two peas in a pod. And as we've learned, his name implies hearing, hearing intelligently, obediently. But we can see that with the life of Simeon, he didn't live up to the meaning of his name. Instead of hearing, hearing rightly, he was disobedient. He was deaf as to what was right and lived a life of disobedience and controversy. You know, little is said about his life because there wasn't much good in his life. He was just a man of controversy. Matter of fact, I thought it was interesting in, in uh, I, I believe it's in uh, yeah, Genesis 49, when Jacob is, is blessing uh, his sons or prophesying on them. Let me just read it here real quick. Genesis 49 and verse 6. O my soul, come thou not into their secret, unto their assembly. Mine honor be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Now, in your, if you have a study Bible, if you look in your margin, it's really interesting that in the, the Hebrew text, that statement, in their self-will they dig down a wall, this literally means that you take a healthy, strong oxen and you cut the tendons in the oxen's legs so that they are of no use from that moment on. So not only did Simeon and Levi kill all the males, 
in the city, but they took their, their, their livelihood, their, their, their animals, those that plowed the field and so on, and they went and they, they hacked every oxen's tendon so that the oxen could not be, be used. It was, it was utter cruelty. That's exactly what it was, just simply being cruel. When Dinah was defiled by Shechem, uh, when Simeon and Levi heard of it, they, they devised a plan of revenge. This is exactly what we're going to do, and we've already mentioned on that here uh, uh, briefly. But both Simeon and Levi went through the city, and as they killed every man, they took every oxen and, 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 and cut them, hurt them. Can, can you imagine the, the rage the anger that was in their hearts and in their minds. I mean, really, I could see going up to the prince and having an issue with him because he's the one that committed the offense. But to let your anger get so out of control that they took all the males and, and murdered them and handicapped them before they murdered them and then to slay their animals as well. Uh, they had a right to be angry. They did. Uh, you know, it was, uh, th there was some legitimacy to that. But they went and took it far too far. The cruelty that they committed to both man and beast was out of cruelty, deliberate cruelty. They did their murderous deeds under the cloak of religion, and that's what makes it so bad, is when they, when they do this under the, the religion of their nation, you know, we're Jews. You know, we have a certain criteria that we, that we, that we have to meet in order to, to, to serve our God. And, and you're an outsider. You're, you people are, are uh, uh, from another nation. And if you want to be a part of us, if you want to mingle and marry our, our women and so on and vice versa, you have to be a part of our religion. And so this is what the, you need to do to yourselves. You know, it's one thing, folks, to, you know, to, uh, to, to be vengeful and, 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 and want justice done, but to do it under the cloak of religion is, is another thing. These men sincerely, all the men sincerely took them at what they wanted them to do, and they did it to the T, and it, it was only a a means of seeing each and every one of them murdered. Every one of them was killed. They took their uh, 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 crime, as malicious as it was, and to me it appears that they delighted in it because they took it further and went after the beasts as well. It's almost astounding what some Christians can do even in our, our society today, it is a disgrace how many people that profess Christianity and they do certain things in their life, they, they have no boundaries, they have no principles, they have no convictions, and they do it under the guise of Christianity and the harm that it brings to those that are watching them. Always remember that if you're a professing Christian here this morning, the life that you live, folks, people are watching you. They watch you. Whether you say anything or not, people watch you. They do. 
They, they, they want to see whether you measure up to your profession in, in times of, of, of trial and affliction. People watch you to see how you're going to react, how you're going to respond. Amen. When, when times are difficult and everything seems to be tumultuous that's, that's around us. Amen. People watch you whether you see it or not. When Joseph was in Egypt, you all know the famine, the story, and so on, when Joseph was elevated to prime minister, and his father Jacob sent his brothers, his sons, into uh, Egypt to get food for them so that they could survive. But if you remember, it was Simeon that Joseph said is going to stay here while you others go get Benjamin, the youngest. And so even Joseph had the same mindset that Jacob did. Simeon and Levi need to be separated. They need to be separated because both of them together, they did nothing, nothing good whatsoever. In fact, Simeon had no blessing as long as he was with Levi. There was absolutely no blessing that went with him at all. In verses 5 and 6, Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty, and in their habitation. O my soul, come not thou into their secret or unto the assembly, mine honor. Be not thou united. For in their anger they slew the man, and in their self will they dig down a wall. And so as long as they were together, there was absolutely no blessing that came upon them. Matter of fact, and we'll learn this later on, but the name Levi means to be entwined with, to be attached. And that's exactly what Levi was to his older brother, Simeon. They were so attached, like some siblings are. Some siblings have such a, a relationship with each other. It's hard to separate them. Uh, you know, we, we, we've heard stories in our lifetime where that's been a, a, a good trait and it's been a and, and it's been a bad one as well. Uh, when separated, Simeon at first did not multiply. Uh, in, in First Chronicles, it says that during the 40 years in the wilderness, Simeon barely survived. Matter of fact, I, I should have wrote it down, but I think like 65,000 people were in the tribe of Simeon. But by the time they were coming out of the wilderness, they were down to 22,000. 63% of his tribe uh, did not survive in the wilderness. And one of the reasons why they didn't survive was because idolatry was something that they embraced and, uh, and they, they died for that, uh, being idolaters. It appears that Levi did repent uh, because they joined Moses at Mount Sinai. And once again, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but the tribe of Levi, when, when you go back to Mount Sinai, when Moses was up on the mount uh, getting the Ten Commandments and hearing God being in his presence, remember the story that down at the bottom of, of Mount Sinai, the, 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 the people began to revolt and they said, oh, we had life better in Egypt and so on. And and so they took all the gold and stuff that they brought out of Egypt and they made a, a golden calf and they began to worship him. And I always think it, it's so funny what Aaron said, you know, they, they, they threw this gold in the fire and out popped this calf, you know, and, 
And but Moses came down from the mountain. He seen what they were doing, and he and he broke the tables of 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 stone where the uh, Ten Commandments were engraved by the finger of God. And what did Moses say? Who's ever on the Lord's side, let him come over to me. Well, it was the tribe of Levi, Simeon's little brother. His whole tribe crossed over unto Moses. Therefore, the tribe of Levi became the priesthood, where the priests would come out of. Levi. So it, there, there's an interesting twist here. But, but I said all that to say this. Obviously, they, Levi found a place uh, in his life and in his people, amen, where they needed to repent for his, his wrongdoing and so on so that they could move on and have uh, something positive with God, their inheritance. Levi never got an inheritance. But the, the, the tribe, as we said, became the, the priest, the priesthood, and God was their inheritance. Amen. Now, what was the turning point of Simeon? In the land of Canaan, Simeon joined with the tribe of Judah. And this association marked the turning point for the whole tribe. In Judges chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into thy hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I will likewise go up with, with thee uh, uh, to your lot. So Simeon went with them. But the point is this. Simeon, when there, there, there came a, a time in his life when his uh, half-brother Judah needed some help to go in and, 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 and war with these Canaanites. And Judah said, if you'll go with me, help me. And Simeon said, I, I, I will. And so he, even though he really didn't have any inheritance, but he, he was absorbed into the tribe of Judah and his association with Judah marked the turning point for the entire tribe. They began to prosper. But the, it, it's so interesting that when you look and see that with Simeon and even Levi, because of, of the the horrendous crime that they did and all the murders and, and the cruelty to the beasts and so on. That the, the, this, the consequences of that, it kept them, it held them back and it held them back until there came a, a, another uh, uh, juncture in their life where they could make a decision to keep going down or turn around and start going moving forward. And, and consequently, both of them decided to make their life better. And not only did that help them, but it helped out all of their people as well. Simeon did get an eternal reward. Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 48, you can see that. But uh, more so in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 7, there were 12,000 of the tribe of Simeon that made up the 144,000 in the book of Revelation. And so they weren't, you know, they weren't uh, out of the picture by, by any uh, uh, means. Uh, that part of that 144,000, they became a part of it. 
And once again, we see the mercy of God, which made it possible for Simeon to enter into the holy city of God. Simeon became aware of just what God had did for them. Therefore, there was no more curse upon him. He seen that he had to change his life. Amen. He knew that what they had done with their sister Dinah was so wrong, and he faced the consequences of that according to the dictates of his dad's prophecy. They were at one time instruments of cruelty, but now they are instruments of warfare against the enemies of God. Well, let me just kind of wind this, this down and put it into perspective for you and I. Self-will describes Simeon's career to a T. And let me tell you here, God does not like self-will. Well, you're probably wondering why. Why does God not like self-will? Because it's our self-will that gets out of control in, in the different passions that we experience in life. We can't handle it. It's obvious that Simeon couldn't handle it. They took it too far. It's kind of like taking a child and, and putting him in a candy room and then you walking away and say, you just sit there and be good and they have all this candy around them. and. You know, they, once they start eating, they just can't stop. And they, 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 they keep eating and they fill their pockets and so on. Self-will refuses to be accountable to a high moral standard. They just don't want anybody telling them how to live their life. Oh, it sure is quiet. I've heard this so many times down through the years. I don't want people telling me how to live my life. But when we live our lives on our own, when we live our lives in our, in our own uh, understanding and so on, it, it takes us further and further away from God. It never takes us closer to God. What a sorry testimony for the family of Jacob. As Hannah comes to the piano this morning, now you stop and think about this. Reuben was the firstborn of Leah. He was entitled to the birthright, to the inheritance. But he sinned. He sinned in and, and, and laid with his uh, father's uh, handmaid. Leah's handmaid in his dad's bedroom. And so he lost his inheritance. He, he, he sinned against heaven. He sinned against his father. And matter of fact, the Bible says that these things aren't even mentioned among the Gentiles, those that were outside of the, of the Hebrew nation. What a sad testimony. And he was supposed to be the one that inherited everything. But then there's Simeon. He's the second born from Leah. Surely the birthright will be his. But he, he shows that 
when he gets mad that he's nothing more than a raving psychopath. He was cursed, or his anger was cursed. And so he lost the inheritance. And then third in line was Levi, the little brother. And he's the one that was with his other brother, Simeon. They fueled one another's wickedness. And they, you know, and, and, and as they conspired to, to, to murder the, all these men that were uh, in this city because of Shechem's uh, uh, sin with, with, with their sister, I mean, the, 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 the mass murder that went on, Levi too forfeited his birthright. What a sad commentary when you have children that, that, that run amok and, and cannot inherit what really is rightfully theirs, but because of their actions, everything is negated. Because of Simeon and Levi's self-will, the Bible says that God scattered them abroad and until they came back to their senses and the fundamental beliefs of Israel. Because Jacob said, you won't be united. You'll be scattered. But there came a time when they decided that, hey, enough is enough. Reuben lost. Simeon lost. Levi lost. And all three of those stand as examples of gross evil. And here's, here's they were all raised in a family. A patriarch who I identify myself with. The God of Jacob. The grandson of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What an ancestry, what a lineage. But look what they did in their own lives. You see, Simeon means to listen. But so many of us folks, and I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, <laughs> myself, we, we listen, but we really don't listen. If we could just learn by really taking to heart that which we hear, our lives would be so much better. Were they, were they thrown out of the picture? Did, no, they, 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 they weren't. They, according to the Bible, as we said, Simeon had a place in Revelation, you know, 12,000 out of the tribe of Simeon and, and Levi, you know, the, the Levitical priesthood and so on. They all had a place, but there was loss. There was much loss in their life, in their relationship with God. Much loss. When we choose to only do what we want to do in serving the Lord, we too will suffer loss. Sure, we'll might make heaven our home through the mercy and grace of God, but we'll suffer loss. 
will suffer loss and great will the loss be. It may not be something like a crown. It may not be something like uh, that's tangible. But what it may be is a niece or a nephew, a neighbor, somebody that watches and sees how we live our lives and how we respond and react to unfavorable circumstances. That's the lost. Simeon's tribe, they lost 63% of their tribe coming out of the wilderness. What a sad commentary. Aren't you glad that you and I, we can live in, in the dispensation of grace today and when we mess up, if we would just listen, if we would just hear and come clean before God and, and shake ourselves a little bit and, and, and keep moving forward and doing things right, listening makes life, makes our Christianity so much better. Amen. Let's stand. Father, we thank you once again for your word this morning. Lord, as we conclude with the life of Simeon, Lord, there's so much that we can learn. There's so much that we can glean from his life. Lord, we don't want to be just hearers, but we want to be doers. Doers. Lord, it seems that if there was ever a characteristic in, in the life of mankind that is so appalling to you, God, it's when we're caught up in anger. When we're caught up and our anger is out of control and we do things that we regret, we, we do things that because of our anger that it, that are unrepairable. As we discovered earlier on that Simeon, uh, when he was born, Leah said, for the Lord hath heard, heard my affliction. Oh, what affliction comes upon us when we don't listen. But God will hear our cry. Lord, we know that when we bow ourselves to you and and humble ourselves to you, that, Lord, when we cry out to you, Lord, you'll hear us. You'll hear us. And you'll have compassion upon us. Grant it, Lord, as we evaluate our own lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. The altar's open. You're welcome.